You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 131 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. No guests this week. We've got a mailbag coming up. We haven't done one in about 100 days based on my calculation, so I'm looking forward to getting into that. But before we do, let's go ahead and start the show off the same way we do every week, and that's by jumping into the breakdown. The breakdown is brought to you by O'Neill's. O'Neill's is the official sportswear supplier to the biggest teams in World Rugby, Infinity Park, and the American Raptors. Shop apparel now at O'Neill's.com. That's O-N-E-I-L-L-S.com. I know I've seen a couple of people uh, asking questions online. How do you get some Raptors merch? That's how you do it. So check it out. they got a team store in there. Uh, some good stuff. So we'll go ahead and start by talking about the American Raptors like we do every week in the breakdown We'll go ahead and start off by saying that it was another pretty quiet week around the Raptors. Uh, not a whole lot. Again, just going through some standard preseason stuff. They're, I think this is, what, third or fourth week they've been back at it. So uh, I do know that a few more players have arrived this week, so the numbers are slowly increasing. Uh, and I guess the other thing I wanted to talk about is a former American Raptor and current Dallas Jack will Sean Clark has been invited, invited back to the USA Rugby Sevens National Team High Performance Camp in March. Uh, Sean caught their eye when he played with the USA U23s at last year's Rugby Town 7s. Got an invite to the camp uh, at the end of last summer, early fall, and participated in that camp that took place after that Rugby Town 7s tournament, but uh, had to have some shoulder surgery. So he's been off for about five months, just rehabbing, getting ready uh, to get back at it in March. So congrats to Sean. I know I talked to him right after that last camp that he went to and then he said that was the plan was to get his shoulder right and then make it back to Chula Vista. And so he's done that. And we're hoping that he can put on a good performance at the camp and, and make it on the team. That'd be cool to see. So I uh, have some more American Raptors stuff to talk about here coming up in the mailbag, but we'll save that for a couple more segments. Uh, other thing I want to talk about in the breakdown, lots of crossover news in the MLR this week, and I guess just rugby in general. So, of course, the biggest news of the week was that Paul Lasique, Utah Warrior number one, left the Harlequins to come back and play for the Warriors again this season. I'm not sure when he's supposed to start playing. I'm not sure if I just missed that or what. Um, but Paul had a stint with, in the NFL at the Chicago Bears, had the chance to interview Paul one time in Utah during the MLR's inaugural season at a Warriors-Austin elite match. It's a throwback for you. 
super nice guy. Happy to see him coming home, playing with the Warriors again. I think that's really cool. Um, and, you know, I'm sure you've seen if you followed rugby, there's some rumors of some other guys doing the same thing as well, which is cool that it's kind of turning into a place where you can come back and play and uh, hopefully it gets to a place where you're not missing a beat financially either. Uh, obviously, I think that'll come here in a few more seasons, um, but it's cool to see people like Paul doing this. That's a good sign. Uh, so other crossover news that I saw, Rugby ATL signed Frederick Henry Ajadua, uh, played rugby at life, signed to play with Rugby ATL in 2020. I guess he tried to go uh, play internationally with Nigeria. There was some stuff that happened there. But he also had some short stints with the Jacksonville Jaguars and Montreal Alouettes and the CFL. Uh, so he's got some crossover experience as well. And then um, perhaps one of the most interesting things is Ty Gleader, uh, signed with the Hamilton Tiger Cats to be a kicker and a punter. And if you remember, Tig was uh, originally a member of the San Diego Legion, and I think he played one season with the New England Free Jacks. So he's making the transition from rugby to football as a kicker. Um, I know he's been trying to get onto an NFL team for quite some time now. I think the better part of the last two years, been kicking all over the place. I know he kicked in the spring league last year. I asked Michael Bandy, you know, former Colorado XO scrum half, who got invited back to the spring league before he got, you know, signed to the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Ty Leader was playing in that same competition that Bandy was when he went back. So I talked to him a little bit about that. I think he's been playing like overseas, like in Spain or something. Um, so it's cool to see him get a shot in the CFL. So it's kind of, you know, one step away from the NFL. It'd be cool. I mean, I don't know what the options look like with the USFL, XFL, or whatever, but he's making progress, which is cool. So hopefully uh, Ty gets on an NFL team here soon. I've been asking Ty to get on the podcast for a while. I haven't been able to get a hold of him. Uh, so that, that would be an interesting one, I think. Kind of like a backwards crossover, kind of a little bit different than what we talked about on a regular basis, but, you know, interesting nonetheless. So congrats to Ty. That does it for the breakdown this week. Again, pretty quiet week of news, I thought. Uh, obviously, MLR in full swing now as we enter round four, which is what we'll talk about now and all the rugby you could watch this weekend. So give a few thoughts on those as we go through these matches. And the first one of the weekend, start off the Toronto Arrows at Old Glory DC. Old Glory's having a tough start to the year. They still look to pick up that first one of the season. They play on Saturday at 2 p.m. on the Rugby Network. Uh, next, we have Austin Gilgronies at the Seattle Seawolves. That should be a really good one. Two, three, and no teams in the West going at it. Play on Saturday at 6 p.m. on the Rugby Network. That might be the most-watched match of the week. Uh, next, we have Rugby New York at Dallas Jackals on Saturday at 6 p.m. as well. That one is also on the Rugby Network. Dallas, of course, still looking for their first win in franchise history. Uh, rugby New York's playing some good rugby right now. We have San Diego Legion at Houston Sabercats. That's on Saturday at 7 p.m. You can catch that one on Fox Sports, too. Uh, I think that uh, I've been impressed with the way Houston's playing. Talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, and then finally, we have the New England Free Jacks at the L.A. Giltinis on Sunday at 4 p.m. on the Rugby Network. So we've got three teams on buys this week, so it's going to be a little bit, you know, one less match. Uh, but it looks like a couple good ones for sure we don't want to miss. We've got some Six Nations back in action this weekend. Scotland versus France on Saturday at 7.15 a.m. And we have England versus Wales on Saturday at 9.30 a.m. And we have Ireland versus Italy on Sunday at 8 a.m. Catch all three of those matches on Peacock. Moving into the Premiership, 
We've got Sale Sharks versus London Irish on Friday at 12.45 p.m. Bristol Bears versus Wasps on uh, Friday at 12.45 p.m. as well. And Worcester Warriors versus Harlequins on Friday at 12.45 p.m. So you get a triple header on Friday right around lunchtime. Uh, you got Leicester Tigers versus Gloucester on Saturday at 8 a.m. Newcastle Falcons versus Bath on Saturday at 8 a.m. And then finally, we have the Northampton Saints versus Exeter Chiefs on Sunday at 7 a.m. Again, you can catch all of these matches on Peacock. Allianz Premier 15's got a full slate this weekend as well. Labra Lightning versus Gloucester Harpery Women's RFC on Saturday at 6 a.m. They have DMP Durham Sharks versus Harlequins Women. Exeter Chiefs Women versus Worcester Warriors Women. And Sale Sharks Women versus Wasps FC Ladies all on Saturday at 7 a.m. And then to wrap up the weekend in that competition, we have Bristol Bears women versus Saracens women on Sunday at 7.30 a.m. Catch those matches on Premier15s.com. Uh, and then last but certainly not least, we got round two of Super Rugby. I love Super Rugby. Super Rugby is awesome. I tweeted that last week. I'm not sure if people saw the pitch that the Chiefs and the Highlanders were playing on last weekend, but that was it was beautiful. It looked like a video game or a movie set or something. It didn't look real. Uh, certainly didn't look like uh, you just never would think to see you know pro rugby being played in a setting like that. So that was awesome. Uh, we got uh, almost a full slate of Super Rugby this weekend. I know we have one match uh, that is postponed due some due to some COVID stuff. Um, we got Highlanders versus Crusaders on Thursday at 11:05 p.m. That one will be done by the time you are listening to this. Waratahs versus Reds on Friday at 1:45 a.m. So again, that one will be done by the time you're listening to this as well. We got uh, Brumbies versus Fijian Drua on Friday at 8:35 p.m. Love that Friday 8:35 slot. That's perfect for me. Blues versus Hurricanes on Friday at 11:05 p.m. and then Rebels versus Western Force on Saturday at 1:45 uh, a.m. So you can catch all those matches on Flow Rugby. Make sure to check that out if you haven't yet. All right, let's jump into this week's mailbag. This mailbag is brought to you by Guard Lab. Join the mouthguard revolution with American-made mouthguards that perform, protect, and recover. For more information, visit GuardLab.com. Okay, we got a couple of questions. I know, like I said at the top of the show, it's been a few months since we've done a mailbag. I think the last one we did was uh, when I got back from Uruguay. Um, but a few things have happened since then, and so we got a couple of questions lined up here. I'm going to dive into them and answer the best I can. So first one says, when can we expect... Uh, to see a spring schedule for the American Raptors? This is a good question. I'd imagine that you probably see some news regarding a spring schedule within the next couple of weeks because I've seen a schedule. I know for a fact that it's not completely finalized yet, which is, I think, why, you know the reason it hasn't been published yet. Um, but as things stand now, the Raptors are set to play their first match in less than a month. So, you know, you're, you're bumping up against some time here. I wouldn't imagine that it's going to take longer than... Uh, you know, a couple more weeks for a schedule to be released. And there's one match in particular that I, I'm pretty excited about. Uh, of course, I will wait until it's confirmed before I say anything, but uh, there is a match in, in April that I think people should keep their eye on. That should be a fun one. Of course, I want to talk more about it uh, when I can. Uh, but I think, yeah, like I said, I think in a couple of weeks you'll see a schedule. Uh, they're kind of running out of time before these matches start to be played. So I would think you know, if anything, you'll see at least a partial schedule. Next question we have, uh, are we going to be able to watch the Rugby Town documentary soon? Uh, this is another good question. I have asked some people about this a couple of weeks ago, and I believe the answer is yes. It sounds like it will be available to watch one way or another about a month or two. 
Um, I haven't even seen the whole thing yet myself. I've seen episodes one through four, and that's just because they played them on the Jumbotron after a couple of the Raptors matches in the fall. Just happened to be there. I was on, stayed and watched some of that. So as far as I'm aware, I believe only season one is like ready and fully you know, produced and scored and all that stuff. And season two is in the post-production phase right now. So um, I would imagine that would be ready to go here pretty quickly. And I would imagine that you'll be able to watch it in its entirety uh, within a month or two. I think the, the final step is just determining where that's going to take place. Um, but I, again, don't know much that much about it. That's just kind of what I heard uh, in the last couple of weeks or so. Next question we have. Uh, are there any new Raptors that you are particularly excited about ahead of the fall season? This is kind of a tough question to answer because I really haven't been able to catch you know, training recently fall of the snow and the record-setting cold snap we've had in Denver this last week. It obviously pushes everything inside and makes it a little bit more difficult to me for me to you know go out and watch training because they're not uh, where they usually are. Um, and for those that don't know, it's been like single digits all week long here in Colorado. I would honestly prefer that over how hot it gets in the summer because you know to me, in my opinion, it's significantly easier to get warmer than it is to get cooler in the summertime, but that's a topic for a different day. Oh, I'm sure I'll complain about the heat when we get to summertime again. Um, but I digress. I haven't been able to catch them live and in the flesh just yet, but uh, the guy I spoke about with Chase Stelling on last week's episode is Colby Lange. Um Colby played quarterback at the University of Kentucky. The reason I'm excited to see him is because he's the first true quarterback that's come through this program. There's been guys that, uh, Sean Clark, for example, played quarterback in high school before really transitioning into a tight end, uh, receiving tight end primarily in college. Uh, and, of course, some other guys that have done stuff with, you know, throughout their times playing football. Uh, but there's never been a true blue, 100% all the way quarterback come through the program. So Colby's kind of like the, the the test subject in that sense. And, uh, and I'm excited to see how that plays out because as has as been well documented, I guess one of the knocks on the program from the very beginning is that they were going to have a hard time crossing over, you know, nines and tens and um, backs. And I think one thing that they've come to realize, you know, after doing this for a little bit over a year now is that it's been harder to convert, you know, players into the back line uh, than maybe they would have hoped. Um, and I think that Colby could kind of be like the first one because I think the plan right now is to play him at 10. Um, obviously, Colby being a quarterback, you, you play a position your entire life based almost entirely around making decisions very quickly. Um, if they're the wrong decision, your, your team's probably going to lose. And if they're the right decision, your team's probably going to win. And then there's, of course, some athletic ability that comes with that. But he is a big guy. He's like 6'2", 6'3", uh, 220. So I think he's kind of like their lab rat. He's like they're going to be the guy that they really try to transition into a fly half and I'm excited to see how that goes. I think they've kind of been on the right track um, developing nines, you know, with Michael Bandy, who we already talked about. I think he had a bright future playing scrum half if he didn't get scooped up by the NFL. Um, and now the, the current scrum half, you know, Nolan Saracini, guy I had on the podcast last year and somebody I've talked about quite a bit. Um, he just looks very comfortable. He's done a good job learning the pattern of play. He's done a good job just running the show, directing traffic, making the right decisions, you know, knowing when and he, and and the fact that he is a running back, a, a very a Hall of Fame running back at Montana Tech, um, making when he decides that it's time to carry the ball, it, it's a meaningful carry. 
I think that they've done a good job. My my point is that they've done a good job developing scrum halves thus far. Um, it'll be interesting to see you know those guys take the next step. As long as the NFL doesn't scoop up Nolan as well, I think rugby you know different levels of rugby, higher levels of rugby is certainly in the cards for him if that's what he chooses to do. Uh, so that's why I'm excited to see Colby. Like I said, played a position his entire life based around making decisions very quickly. And I'm excited to see how he fares once he picks up the game of rugby a little bit more and can recognize, you know, when it is time to make these certain decisions. Um, certainly, you know, he's a big, big enough guy. Uh, excited to see how he does. But in, again, until we see him live and in the flesh, it's kind of hard to pick too many other guys. Uh, last question we got here. What team have you been impressed by in the MLR so far this season? I've honestly been impressed with all three of the Texas teams. I've been uh, very impressed with Austin Gilgronies thus far. I think I mentioned that at the top of the show as well. Uh, not only are they 3-0 and through three weeks, but I've been impressed just with the way that they've been beating people. They've been beating the breaks off teams. Uh, they you know, beat the Jackals 43-7 in opening round, put a, put a hurt on Old Glory DC 57-12 in round two. And then they beat the Utah Warriors 24 to 10. Utah Warriors obviously were, you know, in the Western Conference final last year. They are off to a little bit of a slow start. Um, 0-3 haven't won a game yet, um, but but they're beating. You know, they're they're putting the hurt on some teams, and that's been impressive so far. Um, I've also been impressed with the way that Houston's been playing, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm impressed with the the progress that Dallas has made week after week as well. You know, Houston is is honestly one play away from being three and zero if it wasn't for you know Ed Fidal sneaking down the touchline in round two, um, scoring a try late in that one. And, you know, they could easily be three and zero, and honestly, they're one play away from being one and two. Also, if you look at that Dallas game last weekend, if they didn't you know find a way to get that ball into the end goal at the buzzer last weekend, they could very well be one and two because Dallas had them on the ropes also. So. Uh, been, I've been impressed with the Texas teams thus far. Uh, obviously, very early in the season, you feel like really, you know, LA hasn't really gotten going yet. Um, some other teams are off to a little bit of sluggish starts that I think have the potential to to turn it around and make a push towards the end of the year. Um, but as we you know approach round four, we're one month in, that's who's caught my eye thus far. It's been cool too. I will say, obviously, the American Raptors centered podcast. It's been cool to see guys, you know, get some shine. Caleb uh, Geiger in Rugby New York's been making rosters these last two weeks. Pono Davis made his debut and got to play quite a bit. Uh, Tani Tupo's made appearances in the last two games for the Seawolves, which is good to see. You know, I think Tommy Medeiros has made every roster that the Dallas Jackals have put out thus far, so it's good to see Tommy get some run. You know, Sam Phillips was playing early on. So a lot of Raptors in, in a lot of different places. Good to see them showing out, uh, you know, showing the potential of the program. And of now, you know, Sean Clark making his trip back to Chula Vista, training for the Sevens program, link up with David Still again. Uh, it's cool to see those guys having some success. Because you got to remember, a lot of these guys started playing rugby like literally a year ago, less than a year ago for a lot of them. So uh, wishing those guys nothing but the best as the season continues on. And um, I will say, too, the MLR, the, the first two weeks, it felt like really big score lines. This last week, things kind of even out, water's finding its level. Um, and the games were really good last week. I was enjoy I was enjoying all the ones that I watched. I think I caught three or four, three and a half. Um, obviously, with the five match late this week, it's going to be fun uh, catch some of those. Like I talked about in the all the rugby you can watch. I'm excited to see Austin and Seattle. 
that's going to be a really fun one. That's probably the one I'll be tuned into. Um, so that's kind of what's caught my eye on MLR so far this season. That does it for all the questions we have in the mailbag. A little bit of a shorter one this week on the shorter end, but that's okay. They can't always be, you know, hour, hour and a half long. Um, so that's all right. Thanks to everybody for sending those questions, and I hope those are good enough answers for you. All right, let's jump into the required reading portion of the show now. This is a piece that caught my eye last week. I think last Friday I read this. Um, it's called, quote, It's an easy 10-hour flight, end quote, Stories of Overseas Premier 15s Players by Lucy Lomax in Rugby Pass. Uh, it's on rugbypass.com. So I thought it was a good piece about what it's like to play overseas for American and Canadian women that are, you know, obviously chasing their, their dreams and doing what they can to make themselves better rugby players and play professional rugby. Right now, one of the best ways to do that is going to play in the Allianz Premier 15s. Um, but as you can imagine, that's a big decision for a lot of, you know, women who have lives and careers and relationships and, you know, want to have kids at some point, just, just uproot everything and go play rugby in another country for several months out of the year. And those months are smack dab right around the holidays, which obviously makes things tougher. Um, so it was a good good piece by Lucy Lomax. I thought she did a good job just kind of touching on some of the struggles that they have and, and why it is such a big decision and, you know, the, the sacrifices that these women make to just go play professional rugby and try to become better rugby players. So I uh, definitely learned a couple of things. Like I didn't know, like, for instance, if you go over there to play for a team, you you can't really seek outside employment. And so all your money that you make has to come from that team. So that leaves a lot of you know, people trying to freelance and do stuff, you know, back stateside while they're over there, which obviously, as you can imagine, it's a different, completely different time zone. So that makes the working schedule pretty tough. Um, so good piece by Lucy Lomax. I recommend checking it out. I will, of course, link that in the article that houses this podcast as well in the podcast description. So make sure you check that out if you're interested. We'll go ahead and close the show with The Loop. We're going on a piece about Lene Latu. Uh, Lena was a guy who started off really strong, had a very strong spring season for the Colorado Exos back at the beginning of 2021. Um, a lot of people were wondering why I didn't end up on an MLR team, and there's some you know, specific reasons why that didn't happen. And I think that the story surrounding those circumstances is an important one and deserves to be told. Uh, so I've been chatting with Lena about that. We we'll sh- should have that out on the next couple of weeks or so. Um, I'm also working on a little bit different type of podcast than I usually do. Um, I think it could turn out, you know, potentially pretty cool. It's something that is going to take a little bit of time, though, so keep your eyes peeled for that. I'm probably just going to drop it in the middle of the week, one one week when I get it done. Um, and I've got an awesome guest book for next week as well. So wheels are in motion on a lot of different things. I'm looking forward to, to knocking some of these things out. Um, and I like having these kind of big projects to, you know, just work on periodically. And it's it's fun to do stuff like that. So stay tuned. The best way to do that is by following along on Twitter at the NVR underscore rugby and at Colton Strickler. If you're just listening to the podcast for the first time, please subscribe. Leave a review if you like it. Helps me out quite a bit. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate every one of you that listens on a regular basis. Um, and that's the show for this week. So thanks so much for listening. Hope you had a great week. I hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy all the rugby this weekend. Now we'll catch you all back here next Friday. 